Welcome to the Andrew Show. That's right. It's just me again. However, we got some good stuff to talk about today. I really appreciate you guys tuning in today. We're going to be talking about some new Pokemon news we've gotten, specifically about a new Galar form, new releases that are coming out this week and in the near future, new offers from Nintendo themselves, and the best Nintendo game of all time. So let's get right into it. Let's get into what everyone's been clamoring about lately. Farfetch'd has a new evolution. That's right. So let's let's take a look at it. I'm on the official Pokemon website. If you want the details, you can go there. If you haven't seen it, I recommend te- checking out the short YouTube clip, just like under 30 seconds, I believe. And it's pretty cool. Um, people have been wanting something new from Farfetch for a while. Uh, the reason is, well, he's been kind of a, a cult favorite of the first generation, and nothing's happened to him since. So, yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, just reading some details here, he's actually going to be a fighting type. So he's a, a flying normal and will turn into just a fighting. So he won't have any of the flying normal typing. Uh, looks like his height's two feet and seven inches. Weight is 257.9 pounds. What in the flip? Uh, and then his Pokemon ability is going to be steadfast. Now, for those that don't know what steadfast is, it's it raises your speed each time the Pokemon is flinched. So. That's interesting, kind of, I don't think it's a much-used competitive ability, but, you know, cool nonetheless, once you get flinched by someone attacking you, uh, like, the the problem with those situations is you, you can't ever attack because they're flinching you, but this just raises your speed to get you right back in the action. Um, actually, one good competitive thing about that would be if someone were to do the attack where, at the beginning of the game, it, it just flinches you oh man what is that attack called anyways it has to go first it's when you first come into battle usually know what it is off the top of my head but that's a good start to maybe get your ability uh your speed up faster for your surfetched so it says only farfetched that have survived many battles can attain this evolution when this pokemon's leak withers it will retire from combat so people are speculating that this is meaning that once farfetched is it in a certain number of battles or it gives a number of attacks, then it will evolve. I don't think it's super clearly stated. I wouldn't be surprised if it still evolves by level, but I mean, it would be cool if it was by battles, uh, but people are taking that a bit literal. And I think it, it, like they may be right for the most part, but I wouldn't, don't be too surprised if it ends up just being leveling. We don't know what that means. We don't know if that's like how many moves Farfetch does or, like actual battles. Um, it says a noble knight that fights fair and square, the far-fetched of the Galar region, can evolve into surfetched after experiencing many battles. They are calm and collected, and they make a point of always battling fairly. They are so noble in battle that they are often chosen as a motif for paintings. A particular note is a painting famous in the Galar region that depicts a duel between surfetched and an escavalier. Valier? Yeah, that's what it is. As Cavalier, that's what it is. Um, that's an existing Pokemon already. Uh, but, yeah, like they're, they're really taking the, the Europe, specifically England, kind of history here, because he, he just does look like a knight. He has a, a leaf shield with the leak as a, a very long lance. Its irreplaceable leak has seen many battles. In battle, Surfetch use, uses the sharp stalk of its leak as a lance and the thick leaves as a shield. It maintains this leak over the span of many years and treasures it more than anything. When its leak finally withers, Sir Fetch will leave the battlefield 
and retire from the battle entirely. So I think that's just a description that has nothing to do with the actual uh, Pokemon in-game mechanics. I think that's just more the Pokemon lore, the crazy lore that has to do that makes everything super scary to live in this world if it was real. But obviously, uh, it, it just sounds like that's just description, not in-game mechanics. Um, he does have a signature move. It is called Witness Meteor Assault. It's introduced in these games that only Surfetch can learn. Surfetch points its leak at the opponent and charges towards them at great speed. This move is devastatingly powerful. However, it appears that the move also puts great strain on Surfetch. It will be unable to take action immediately after using this move. Interesting. So it looks like it's maybe going to have a be a priority move where it can go a little faster. Um but it could also just mean that the attack just goes at speed, so it's a normal. So either way, it's just going to be a more powerful than than usual move, and he's not going to be able to take action immediately after this move. So I don't know if he's the strain wording means that he's going to lose some stats and possibly have a hyper beam scenario where he can't do anything for a turn after. But we'll see. Overall, I'm really liking this design. I really think the Galar forms are are looking pretty good here. And we're going to get into some of the leaks. If you don't want to hear about those, I got the time um, timestamps down below in the description. We're going to talk about one more thing before the leaks. <laughs> get it, because Farfetch has a leak. Um, or Surfetched, I should say. Well, I know Farfetch doesn't have a leak. But anyways, I wanted to talk about, just mention some Pokemon that don't have any kind of evolution, whatever, that haven't seen anything, um, that may be getting an, a Galar form or a Galar evolution. Uh, I, I think it'd be really cool to see more of these, and these have been ha- getting some good reception so far. So just some from Generation 1. We got Tauros, Lapras. Lapras, I thought, was a missed opportunity with the Alola region because with the whole Hawaii background, it would have been cool to make like a volcano kind of thing coming out of its back. But either way, I still think they can maybe do something cool. Maybe like a Loch Ness Monster kind of version would be pretty cool for Lapras. And um, we got Ditto. Let's see, Aerodactyl already has a mega evolution. I'm leaving legendaries out of this also. Um, oh, okay, we got Girafferig. I don't believe that has a mega. Oh, Dunsparce. A lot of people want Dunsparce. That, <laughs> there was actually a pretty good meme between uh, Dunsparce and Shuckle um, just fighting over who's going to get the next Galar uh, form in, in all of this. But we got Quillfish. Uh, let's see, Corsola. Um, just lots of cool ones. I think they are going to go with kind of some of these earlier ones. I know we did get some third generation ones. Like, let's see. I don't think Deli Bird would get one. Um, a lot of these. I'm looking at this page, and a lot of these have mega evolutions. So I'm trying to stay away from those. Torkoal could actually have maybe a cool one. Um, let's see. Cast form. Kelcleon. Tropius. Anyways. Uh, let, let me know in the comments what you're thinking. I'm not going to go over all of them because there's actually a lot more than you think that have no evolution at all. The reason I wanted to point out some of those earlier generation ones were those are the ones that literally haven't been touched for a long time. I don't think they're going to touch some of the newer ones because obviously like the newer ones are more recent, so they're still a bit more fresh than these older ones. But we've seen that in Generation 3 that Zigzagoon got an evolution, so... Why not some other Generation 3? And I wouldn't mind if it was spaced out, but let me know below in the comments what, or on Twitter or on Facebook who you want to get a new Galar form or Galar Evolution. For me personally, it is Lapras. I don't know if they can make it cooler than that Volcano 
fan art one I've seen of Alola, but I th- still think they can do something pretty cool with some English history. I wanted to get into the leak, though, because we did talk about this a few months ago when Adam was on the show, and everything has been spot on with this leak. Um, and this surfetch really just makes uh, everything – it just proves that this is a solid leak, that this is all truthful. So let's get into some things that you can expect in the future. Uh, go down to the timestamps if you want to skip um, any leaks you may be seeing. Uh, but let me get into this. So we're gonna, I'm going to go over everything. Just to if, if you have any doubt that maybe this is wrong, I just want to solidify how this is right. So this is before all this stuff came out. Uh, your rival was named Hop, so we already knew that one. Then we got Bede and Marnie. They got the names right. They got Team Yell. Obviously, that's the exact name. Like they're not even like saying descriptions; they're giving specific names. Um, you have to get endorsements for gym challenges. All right, here's a new one. Eternatus is a evil, is the evil legendary. The other legendary will be a wolf who either have a shield main or hold a sword like a great wolf Sith. Um, don't recall his name. So yeah, obviously they don't recall the names because they're so exaggerated. But yeah, we still got that evil legendary. We're looking forward to. They got talked about Gigantamaxing. Um, Meowth looks like a long cat. Lapras gets layers like musical bars to its shell and musical notes. Interesting. I wonder if that means Lapras will be someone that gets Galar form. We, we know it's got a Gigantamax form, but we don't know about the Galar. Pikachu looks like retro fat Pikachu. Uh, Sonya is Leon's former rival who is researching the Dynamax phenomenon at the behest of her grandmother and professor of the game. Some Pokemon like Farfetch will get regional evolutions like Surfetched. Meowth looks like a ball of spiky gray fur. So for sure, we know that Meowth is going to get a Galar region or evolution. Um, we, okay, we got some kind of tougher ones here. We got Squovet and Greedunt, if I recall, are chipmunk Pokemon who hide in berry trees and attack randomly if you shake for too many berries. If they attack, you lose half the berries that dropped. The fourth gym is the first fairy type gym uh, led by an actress named Opal. Um, Milo, Nessa, and Kabu are the first ones. Uh, let's see. We already know that. Okay. Milo has you herding sheep Pokemon named Wulu, but Pamper, Electric Corgi Pokemon, startle them and send them rolling elsewhere. Nessa has you running through a maze where water blocks away. Kabu requires you to catch Pokemon and get five points but you have to be in a party with another trainer who's also trying to catch it. Then they continue on. Uh, While there's a transit system, you will have to go through the wild area at times, an open world biome that has a weather system and little pockets where wild Pokemon Dynamax have to be beaten in a person, in in a four-person raid. You will randomly see nearby players interact with them to get their league cards and items. Uh, We already knew about this next one, which is the camping, so we won't go over that too much. Pokemon will not walk beside you in the overworld map. Score Bunny will have fighting moves, but is pure fighter. Uh, fire. Well, okay, so it said fighter, but I'm pretty sure that was a typo for fire. Becomes Raboot, but I don't remember the first final evolution, except that it looks like a fighter. It looks humanoid. Sobble becomes Sizzle. Uh, and then Inteleon, a Camulon with a uh, chameleon with a spy theme. Grookey will end up as a giant gorilla that beats a wood drum to attack. So that's everything from it. Uh, they even got some other things we skipped. was like the best Pokemon so far is a blue seagull who, when it dives, either gets a Barracuda in its mouth or a Pikachu when it launches at its enemy. So yeah, there, there's some stuff that if you're wondering what's coming up in the future, that 
we still got a lot to hear about this game, and we are just less than two months. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited that like if these I love these regional Pokemon evolutions. I think that's a good way to make a region distinct. Uh, there is another thing that's going to be different than um, with this region. So, got some reporting from Dot Esports of one major change, and that's that. Pokemon Sword and Shield will be the first Pokemon games without a typical Elite Four. Let me go specifically from the reports from the Pokemon company. Um, but pretty much uh, what it's doing is it's going more the anime style than uh, just the traditional you fight four people, then the champion kind of thing. And if the anime style, it's more of a tournament. Uh, so with this game, all right, here's the report. Uh so you will not face an Elite Four at the end of the game. Instead, an anime-like tournament called the Champion Cup will await them. This event will play out much like the playoffs of a sporting event with a bracket of trainers who have completed the gym challenge competing for a chance to battle the Galar champion, Leon. So the champion final boss is already obviously going to be Leon, but it will be cool to see uh, that... like the uh, you, I'm, Okay, here's the thing I am worried about with the bracket is I know some, like, for example, with Pokemon Sun and Moon, the Alolan Elite Four, some people were upset that the golf girl was made a, a new Elite Four member because we knew nothing about her while the other ones, we got to see them grow and be there. However, I'm okay having some new people. I hope it's just not repeat fighting some of these people we've seen the whole time. But it would be kind of cool to see, like, see a mix because I don't want just all new people because otherwise, why even have a tournament? Just make it the Elite Four. But it would be cool to see others that you... Um, I think it'd be cool to even see some random trainers on the road that just kind of pop up and then uh, you see them in the Elite... Uh, not the Elite Four, the, the Champion Cup. That's what it's called. Um, so yeah, um, just official wording from the Pokemon website. The Champion Cup is the tournament to decide who will be able to challenge the reigning champion for their seat. Exemplary trainers throughout the region, such as those who complete the gym challenge, are allowed to participate in the Champion Cup tournament. Champion Cup battles are broadcast on TV, and all the people Galar will be watching. Anyways, cool change. It'd actually be cool if they could set up some kind of tournament online thing. Because I know they got a ladder system, but you know, it'd be cool if we take it a step further and get tournaments. People just love the tournament modes. I mean, it's just uh, rewarding to feel like what place you got afterwards and such. So yeah, good stuff to go from there. Let's get into other bits of news. Uh, so the Super Nintendo controllers from the Nintendo Switch are officially for sale. And as of now, if you're listening to this on September 19th, they went on sale just this uh, this last Monday, and they are already sold out. They are not available. Now, we know they'll come back because NES controllers, the same thing happened with those. You can buy them again right now because the hype is down. So these will come back on the market. I got one myself. Pretty excited to get this to play all these Super Nintendo games with. And even some of the 2D games, like when I probably get Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze when it gets on sale. I already play on the Wii U, but when I get on Switch, I can't wait to have a proper D-pad. And I hope the Super Nintendo is a proper D-pad. It should be. I don't see why not. Um, the controller's not too bad. I think sometimes your hand can get a little cramped playing it, but um, watch out for that. Um, one thing I do want to, that I was a little disappointed by is you always have to pay for shipping. And you can only get four per... Uh, Nintendo Switch online membership. Uh, so I was able to get one. I, I don't need two, but um, it did cost me about, I think it was $37 after tax and shipping. So that did kind of suck because they, they advertised it for $30. Um, and anyways, another offer that Nintendo's giving us is if you don't have online, they are now bundling the online subscription with AAA games. 
Now, I still don't think this is that good of a deal. Some of the discounts range from 10 to 12%. Um, what it basically is, is um, so far there's there's four games that can be purchased just with the Nintendo Switch Online membership. They are Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Splatoon 2, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and, oh, and Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, for Mario Kart, you save 15% off. For So, okay, let, let me go through each of the, the bundles. The bundles are kind of interesting on how they're bundling them. So Mario Kart is the only one that can have the family membership. That one I think is a good deal. Like these AAA games, they, I've only seen, the lowest I've seen them go on sale is down to, I think it was it 30% off? I believe it was. It was during Mario week. So if you don't care about the bundle, I would suggest waiting until Mario week if you haven't gotten some of these older games yet, which is, I believe, Mario March 10th. Because, yeah, it spells out Mario when you do M-A-R-1-0. So family membership is definitely the best deal. Like I only pay five bucks a year because I split it with seven people, and it's thirty-five bucks. Um, but if you get this, why not get the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe? But who doesn't have Mario Kart Eight Deluxe? Let's be real. Um, then the other ones are with the individual membership. So with Mario Kart, you save fifteen percent off with the family membership. Splatoon Two, you save twelve percent off with the individual membership. Super Smash Bros. save eleven percent off with individual membership, and Mario Maker Two you save 12% off with individual membership. Anyways, uh, I want to get into some of the game releases this week, and then we will talk about what the best game of Nintendo is that they've released of all time. Now, I, so what, the reason I want to talk about some of these game releases are, you know, Link's Awakening is coming out tomorrow, uh, September 20th, along with uh, Nino Kuni, which is a, a praised uh, RPG. And did want to talk about the Link's Awakening games for a bit. Uh, the reviews, actually, pulling those up. It's getting pretty general, general, fav- general favorable reviews. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting kind of tongue twisted there. But uh, I, I, let's see what the lowest one is. So, like, let me just go through some of these big ones. Looks like Game Explained gave it a like it a lot. Forbes gave it ten out of ten. Game Informer gave it nine out of ten. Gamespot gave it eight out of ten. Uh, let's see, IGN gave it 9.4 out of 10. Nintendo Life gave 9 out of 10. Nintendo Life kind of gives everything pretty good, though. Uh, let's see, we're missing some other ones. Where is... Did I ever see GameSpot? GameSpot gave 8 out of 10. Destructoid gave 9 out of 10. What's the lowest one? I'm looking for the lowest one. Looks like 8 is probably the lowest. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Of all the major reviews, 8 out of 10. Yeah. So if you're debating whether Link's Awakening is for you, let it be known that 8 out of 10 is the lowest score. So obviously this game is getting some high praise. Personally, i, I got to finish some other games, so that's why I'm not getting it just yet. I don't want to finish Link to the Past first to get on the Super Nintendo uh, app for the Switch. But, man, it, it is tough getting Breath of the Wild for $60. A whole open world with this whole... A new gameplay style on how they did it so right and reached out to so many people, yet in such a fun way that's one of the greatest games of all time. To paying $60 for pretty much a one-to-one remake of a Game Boy game. Not even Game Boy Color. I know there's like a, a port to Game Boy Color, but 16 years since it is, and it's, there's just not a lot of stuff about it. Yeah, sure, there's more hearts. There's uh, a, a few more collectibles, but like actual critical content like extra dungeon uh, dungeons and such there's there's not all there is is that uh, new dungeon maker 
Um, so I, once again, it's obviously a good game. We see that in the reviews. We see that um, nostalgia hasn't really uh, just been the only reason. There's a lot of quality of life improvements that they made from it that a, a Game Boy with just a D-pad and two buttons couldn't do on its own. Um, but if you need a Zelda fix, why not? Um, but for me, I'm going to wait a little. I'm, I'm definitely going to get it. But there's just so much other stuff I want to get playing right now, especially since I have played this in the past. And that is where I want to get into things. Uh, there is the Nino Kuni if you if you're having looking for that RPG itch. Um, but we also got the Untitled Goose Game coming out tomorrow, and you actually get 25% off if you buy it on launch. So the the Twitter for some reason they House House who are the developers were not able to get a pre purchase set up for this game, so they said just wait day of and you will get a launch price of 25% off and if you ever heard of untitled goose game i'm not saying you have to go get it because obviously i don't know how it's going to review but it, it just looks hilarious you mess around with, with a gardener with people you pretty much just screw up people's lives as a goose and you just honk at their faces with your goose sounds uh incredibly simple but it looks extremely fun um i'm really tempted to get it um but we got some good competition that are coming out also tomorrow and one thing that comes out tomorrow, it's not the game, but a demo for it. And that's Ori and the Blind Forest gets a demo on the Nintendo Switch tomorrow on September 20th. And, man, I, I was going to try to pass on this just because of all the games coming out. But how much I loved Cuphead, if Microsoft keeps sending over these high-quality games, like why not trust Ori and the Blind Forest is, is my reasoning. And now they're giving me a demo. And now I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> I might prioritize this game over others just because if I have this demo and I know I'm going to like it, then why put this one on the back burner? Like I'd rather get one that I know I'm going to like for sure. And yeah, pretty good stuff. I know like uh, Dragon Quest also comes out that same day as Ori and the Blind Force, but that is a long game and I'm already behind. Definitely going to get Dragon Quest Eleven, But with some other Dragon Quest Eleven news, um, we are getting Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 on September 27th, along the same day as Dragon Quest XI. Uh, Dragon Quest 1 you'll be able to get for $4.99. Dragon Quest 2 you'll be able to get for $6.49. And Dragon Quest 3 you'll be able to get for $12.49. Pretty good stuff. I'm, I'm actually thinking of holding off on Dragon Quest XI because I've loved playing the older games of a series first because if you play a newer game, it's kind of harder to go back to some older ones unless they have aged well. These first three were done on the original Nintendo. So you got to, I don't know, you get what I'm saying. Like Nintendo didn't age as well as some other systems. But hey, I've heard good things about these earlier ones. So I'm actually thinking of trying these ones first before 11. And this is the Urgic trilogy. So if you've been playing Smash Brothers, the Urgic alternative costume, this is the background behind that character and why that character is loved so much. Anyways, those are the games I pretty much wanted to talk about that are coming out these either tomorrow or next week. Now, the last thing I did want to talk about is what is the best Nintendo game of all time? And the reason I'm bringing this up is on Reddit, the subreddit r slash Nintendo for weeks since last year have been having weekly voting sessions on what is the greatest Nintendo game of all time. Any any Nintendo game, not just made by Nintendo, anything that's been on a Nintendo console, they've been putting on, on this. And they've been splitting it into categories. So 
like I'm not kidding. Every single game, like collection versions, single versions, ports, re-releases, um, even uh, anything that could have gone on sale, they, they put it on here. And they categorized into groups. So like they didn't want two Mario games meeting up in the finals. Like they put all, it had to be something like, I remember for like weeks, we would just be voting on every single little tiny Mario game. Um, but anyways, they, they funnel it, it in by category so they split it up by series that's how the seating is done and i recommend you, you just go look it up on the subreddit All right, so obviously we're going to start with uh, this week first. So I have decided that I am going to put Super Smash Brothers Melee over The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Why? I I, I think Super Smash Brothers Melee is what defines Nintendo. It's it's the collaboration of all the series and such. It, it's held up even on a, a bad selling console. People know about it, um, but that's not the reason. That the the gameplay is the reason anyone can find enjoyment in this game so the breath of the wild there's still some people it doesn't click with it's the best-selling zelda game of all time my favorite zelda game but man if it was my decision i would have out of the top eight that are remaining i would maybe have those two as the finale rather than meeting in the in the elite eight to be honest um i do think the public is going to vote breath of the wild However, I know the they both have some strong subreddits. Smash Bros. and Zelda have strong subreddit communities. And I think they're sending a lot of people over to the subreddit to, to sh- express their opinion on who to go for. Um, but I do think Breath of the Wild is going to go out on top. I've been reading some of the comments and even some of the hardcore Smash Bros. guys are just saying what an experience they'll never relive with, with Zelda. Um, but I would put Melee over Zelda. Um, but I do think the community is going to go Breath of the Wild. Earthbound versus Pokemon Soul Silver version. I think Pokemon Soul Silver version is going to beat this, and I personally like Pokemon. Uh, I haven't played Soul Silver, but I played Silver and Gold, and I could tell you, even I don't even need to play the remakes. If it was just Silver version, I'd still put it over Earthbound. So I'm voting for Pokemon Soul Silver there. Earthbound, I do think is a little outdated. I understand it has the cult following, 
I think it would benefit from a remake with some quality of life improvements. It was hard for me to go back to. I don't think it's aged the best. So that's why I'm so silver version. You could still play the original. I, I know this is soul silver, but just silver version. I could still have a blast with to this day. And I think the public's going to go that way also. Next round is Super Mario Odyssey versus Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to stay out of this one because Mario Odyssey is definitely not my favorite 3D Mario. I I know like the it fixed the boot-out system and such, but I still enjoy 64 better. Um, Mario Galaxy is my favorite uh, 3D Mario, even though it's not the same sandbox concept as Odyssey. Um, but I haven't played Thousand Year Door, and I really liked Paper Mario. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm not going to vote that week for that one just because I feel like it's unfair. If I, if I absolutely love Mario Odyssey, then yeah, I, I'd vote for it. And I, like, I really liked it a lot. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't as, I, I wasn't as mind blown as the internet was with that game. Um, but I do think the public is going to go Super Mario Odyssey with that one. Banjo-Kazooie versus Metroid Prime Trilogy. I'm going to go Banjo-Kazooie with that one. Now, the cool thing about Metroid Prime Trilogy is it is three full games in one package. Uh, and some would debate that the, it just kind of got worse in the trilogy. Like People still enjoyed all of them, but how phenomenal the first one was. But personally, I'm not much of a Metroid Prime guy. Maybe as a, I, I want to maybe revisit them if they get a re-release to see how it's changed as an adult, but I really enjoyed Banjo-Kazooie a lot better. I I'm a total platformer guy, and yeah, I, I just enjoyed it a lot better. Metroid Prime, I think that some of the puzzles are just so dumb, and some of the backtracking was dumb. And I, like, I like puzzles that I don't know. Like everyone loves scanning things, but I don't need to scan everything. I, I think that I do find it dull after a while and repetitive. Anyways, that's just my opinion. I I do think the public is still going to go. Ooh. Actually, no, I think the public is going to go the Metroid Prime trilogy. Just over the fact that there's three games there, that three quality good games. While Banjo-Kazooie is just one game, and uh, it probably had a bigger... Oh, no, 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 no. Because Metroid Prime trilogy was on the Wii, so it did have a bigger audience than the Banjo-Kazooie game. So that's how we're going to go. All right, let's go into the the final four. Once again, these are just my predictions on what's going to happen and what I want. So in my bracket, it would be Melee versus Pokemon Soul Silver. Uh, in the real bracket, I think it's going to be Breath of the Wild versus Pokemon. I think the public's going to go Zelda, so Zelda's going to go on to the finals. Um, in my opinion, I'm going to put Melee in the finals. Uh, Pokemon Soul Silver is great, but I did think other Pokemon games were better. Here's the thing: is I know I'm just going off what the community has already chosen, uh, but I think. Smash Bros. Actually, I know it is my favorite game of all time. Like, I, I can just play it with anyone and still have a good time. Um, I, I'm really good at adjusting the different rule sets. Sometimes when you do get a little too competitive, it's hard to play casually again. But man, uh, Pokemon is fantastic, but I just think the community is better in the Smash Bros. community. And Pokemon is a little divided on uh, how easy the story can be. Um, and then competitive can kind of be a barrier to entry there. And then we go over, uh, so I didn't vote for Mario Odyssey or Thousand Year Door, so I'm on Mac again for Ban- Banjo-Kazooie in the finals. I don't think Banjo-Kazooie deserves to be in the finals, but just with how the bracket's set up, that's why I'm choosing to go in my personal pick. Um, now in the public pick, 
I think it is going to be Odyssey versus uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy. And people are going to put Super Mario Odyssey, I'm pretty sure. The recency bias, and it reaches out to so many more people. It doesn't have a cult following. It has a popular following. So Odyssey will go to the finals. Uh, so for my pick, the finals are Melee versus Banjo-Kazooie. I'm going to have Melee be the winner, just because Smash Bros. I can play any of them. I think all of them are timeless, even the ones that people rag on, like Brawl. They each have their different mechanics and setups and different game modes and such. So Melee, I just believe, represents that really well, and that's my winner. However, it is, I think, going to be Breath of the Wild versus Super Mario Odyssey in the finals. And if we can just relive 2017 again, I do think it's going to be Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, I know Odyssey sold better, but this is Reddit. This is where the serious gamers are. And we saw the serious gamers pick Breath of the Wild over Odyssey in 2017. Now, I wish there were some other games in this Elite Eight, but hey, that's not my choice. Um, This is what people vote on. And I do think the Nintendo Switch has a little bias, but to be fair, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey have made improvements people wanted from games of the past. Um, yeah, sure, they may have lacked in some areas, but Odyssey getting rid of the, the boot-out system where you can constantly play in this sandbox environment while Breath of the Wild may have missed out on some dungeons, um, was able to literally make you feel like you can go anywhere in a video game. Um, just little things like climbing, for example, that other open worlds still didn't do. And the combat and uh the characters maybe the story lacked a little but it was just that awe experience of no matter where you went in that game you progressed you didn't feel like you were wasting time ever you always were having some kind of enjoyment whether it was discovery uh not leveling up but just building your character um to progressing in the story um, or just finding out new lore Anyways, I do think the public will vote for The Legends of Breath of the Wild. Let me know what you guys think. I want to know which, like, what game are you sad that wasn't in this uh, Elite Eight finals, in a sense? Um, what game do you think one of these eight games does deserve to be the greatest game of all time? Let me know, and I'll see you guys all next week. Tomorrow, I just some updates on my life. I've got uh, the foster care home study thing going on tomorrow. That's why I'm releasing this episode a day early. And then uh, next week, we should be back to Friday schedules, but I've still been working a lot, like getting another 70 hours this week, and next week's going to look like the same. Then the week after that, family in town, and uh, just it's getting busy. But uh, once again, I'll always keep you updated with some news and some good times. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, even with Adam gone, our, our listenership has still been keeping steady, so really appreciate you guys. Uh, I know our even though we got the listens, uh, the listens don't translate to our social media following, following, but that's that's okay. But if you have a chance, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and hopefully more to come in the future. Talk to you all next week.